It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. Carlson stopping the bouncing puck, barely put it through. Deflected by Couture to the left to Burns. Back to Couture, shoots one save. It's loose in front. Can the Sharks score? They do. Evander Kane in front of the net had the open goal, missed it, and then poked it home to tie the game at three. We had two goal eight game up, got behind late in third there, and, and obviously we had to uh, try to get get a push going and spend some time in their zone. And you know, it was good to get set up there in the last minute and be able to move the puck around, and win some battles, and you know, got the puck to the net and was able to fight through and, and put it away. Oh, good morning, everybody! Another wild night from the San Jose Sharks. I'll tell you this much, guys. They, they keep it interesting, right? I mean, there are a million things that come through when you're watching the Sharks games. You love their starts. You absolutely fear, I think, at this point, the second period because, you know, the Sharks just are not good in the second period. That, that, that That's a reality. It's insane, and it's consistent. You fear the second period, but at the same time, you think to yourself, there's no quitting this team. This Sharks team has the ability to come back. This Sharks team has the ability to force overtime. This team has the ability to win it in a shootout. And credit to Martin Jones for being absolutely unbelievable. But my word, I mean, the Sharks, they, they keep you on your toes. It's unbelievable to watch this team turn every game into an absolute roller coaster. And I think that if I am being 100% realistic, if I'm not being a homer, if I'm not being a hater, if I'm just being 100% realistic, the fact that the Sharks threw 11 games on the road to start the season are 5-5-1, five, five, and one. I'm okay with that. I know it's not something you love. I know that it doesn't blow your socks off, but think about this. A 12-game road trip, and once you're 5-5-1 five, five, and one, with one game remote remaining before you have that first home game, that is in no way a bad thing. And I know that we've been frustrated by the Sharks' lack of consistency, Again, with the second periods, you want some of your big-time guys to be a little bit more big-time player-ish. But overall, I think that if you had told me at the start of this 12-game roadie in which the Sharks are playing a schedule that is unique to everyone else in the National Hockey League, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Again, we don't love it, and we want to see the, see the Sharks play better. We want to see them live up to some of their potential. But I think that if they are sitting at 500 right now, you're, you're fine with it. You don't hate it in the slightest. And that's not to say that you're fine with everything that you're seeing from this team out there on the ice because there, there are obviously some problems, but you do like the fact that they're earning points in every game for their last three, even if they are all going to a shootout. You're seeing strong performances from the goalies. You're looking at your best players starting to play like your best players, which was an issue early on. And I think that ultimately speaks to the idea that the Sharks are getting better, right? You wanted to see Logan Couture play like the captain and be the leading factor for the team 
You want to see Evander Kane live up to what he is and be a guy that can go in there and be a power forward and use his body and score goals. That's another thing you wanted to see. Timo Meyer's game is waking up. I know that people were harping on him a lot after having a game in the first game against the Ducks in which he essentially disappeared. He showed up with many, many more good looks in game number two against Anaheim. And then last night against the Kings, he had a much better night, including finally finding the back of the net. And I think that you want that, that you want your players to feel the heat and respond. You don't want them to feel the heat and wilt. And I think that Tommy Hurdle is another guy who feels like he's close to having a breakthrough. He had a good night, looked like he was a little bit more comfortable. And listen, you can't have expected Hurdle to come back and exactly be the player that he was just because that's not how guys return from injuries. I thought that, you know, he started off the season pretty nicely. He looked like he was having success, but sometimes that just comes off of natural ability. Hurdle is one of those guys that has an insane amount of natural ability. And right now, I think that you probably got a little fatigued. The knee was probably a little bit tired. I don't think there's a health issue, but I think there's an issue of getting back into the game. And once he finally, you know, got past those first couple of games, his body probably got a little bit tired. That is to be expected. And I think that he is now looking a little bit more comfortable with his game. And I think, again, that he's closer to breaking through. But these are signs of improvement for the Sharks. And it's not just going to happen overnight. The next big one you want to see is Eric Carlson. And I think a big issue for him, and we've heard Bob Bugner talk about this time and time again, is simplify, simplify, simplify. He gets too cute. He tries to make the big pass. He tries to go for these incredible plays, which I think that he is definitely capable of. But I think that for himself and for his teammates, he needs to keep it simple for the time being. And I think, again, Carlson has shown flashes, but he himself has been honest about the fact that he's not where he wants to be. He's not contributing at the level that he thinks he's capable of. So again, the Sharks, it's all, it's a team of progress, right? And I always make the comparison to where they were one year ago because this team is not as good as they were two years ago when they went to the Western Conference Final or the years previous to that when they were the same playoff mainstays and they had, you know, the Joe Pavelskis and they had... Joe Thornton, and it was just a different team, right? I mean, this is not the same Sharks team that we talk about. This is a team that is finding itself very clearly, and I think that overall I look at the fact that they are making improvements. They are getting better. Obviously, the second period is still a big-time problem, but if you ask yourself if the team was making progress a year ago, the obvious answer is they were not, and I think that you have to make that direct comparison to this year versus last year, because last year we saw the way it went wrong. Last year we saw the way this team collapsed in close games. This team isn't doing that. Now, maybe they're not winning these games in regulation, which is obviously the next step, but you have to take into consideration that these are all on the road, that they have not played any home games yet, that their season started off weird by having their training camp on the road, that they hadn't played you know, in 10 months. These are all things that you have to take into consideration when you're talking about the San Jose Sharks. And I know that there are a million people out there that don't want to hear about the qualifiers and the excuses and all these things, but to me, they aren't excuses. They're not qualifiers. They are stark realities that the Sharks are facing. Again, as I pointed out, the scheduling 100% unique to them. And now they only have one game left before they finally get to come home. And I think that against a Kings team that is reeling, you have an opportunity to put your first second consecutive win together of the season. You have that opportunity to build momentum and you have that opportunity to really look at this overall as a success to start the season. Even if they walk out of this at five, six and one for their first 12 games, 
I'm considering that a success because they've all been on the road. The whole idea in sports, 500 on the road, win at home. To me, this means the Sharks are ultimately very, very close to doing their job before they come home. And a lot of the storylines that we're seeing develop over the course of this 12 games, all of which are on the road, I think those are amplified with more positivity at home. I mean, let's talk about the goaltending to start with. It is obviously better than it was a year ago. Martin Jones is better than he was a year ago. I didn't have a problem with any of the goals that went in last night. I thought that was good hockey on both sides, and I think sometimes you're just not going to be able to stop the puck. And that's not to say that I've always been 1,000% pleased with all the goals that Jones has led in this year. But overall, he's in better shape. His reaction is better. He's seen the puck better. He looks much more comfortable than he did a year ago or two years ago. A big part of that is rest, I think. He probably had a chance to go back and evaluate his game and get his body right. I think he probably made improvements. He worked on his game. Overall, it's improving the Sharks in terms of stopping the puck, in terms of keeping those shots out of the back of the net. You combine that with what we've seen from Devin Dubnik so far, who I imagine will go tomorrow night against the Kings in game number two. He's getting better and better and better. The problem with Devin Dubnik is not Devin Dubnik. The problem with Devin Dubnik is he is not getting the support he has needed to win those games. He's not had the offense come in support of some great performances. So the goaltending has not been the same issue that it was a year ago. And I think beyond that, I look at the team culture that we saw a year ago, and a big part of that is Logan Couture. And I don't know what kind of a guy he is in the dressing room because we don't know what he is. We don't know the entity that is Logan Couture. We know right now, however, that he is leading by example. He has 10 points in 11 games so far this year. He is their leading scorer. He is helping the Sharks put together these early leads, and the Sharks have scored first now in seven of their 11 games, which I think is a good sign. That means they are being the more aggressive team. That means they are finding ways to make things happen early on and put the other team back on its heels. The problem, obviously, is the Sharks are wilting in the second period, and it's happening time and time and time again. But part of that resiliency that we've seen this team display and Logan Couture display is that they're able to come back later and win it. When you get a Vander Kane scoring a goal with 45 seconds left in a game, that shows there's no quit. They could have given up. They could have rolled over at that point. And I've said this many times this year, I feel like, but they haven't. And there's something to be said for that. I know, again, we want them to win in regulation, but the fact that the Sharks are scoring these late goals, they're getting big plays late, whether it's from Brent Burns, whether it is from Evander Kane, whoever it's from, these big plays are happening. And I think a big part of that is due to the fact that Logan Couture has shown more ownership of his leadership role. And that's not to say that he wasn't doing the exact same thing last year, but I think now he has a better understanding of what is required of him, of what he needs to do, of how he needs to push buttons. I think that you see the reaction of the team. I mean, that's that's what I keep on coming back to. You have to compare it to a year ago. You have to see what Logan Couture is on the ice. You watch the way that he puts together his own performances. You watch his reactions to the game. He's a very, very level-headed guy. I know that with the media, he's got a very deadpanish sense of humor. I don't think that's the same guy that he is when the cameras aren't on. I think that he is a more fiery guy. And it's like I've said before, I would love to get the cameras in there to see exactly what Logan Couture is. And I also appreciate the fact that he is so level-headed. I think it permeates to the rest of the team 
that there is no sense of panic. Logan Couture never looks panicked out there. He always looks like he's cool, calm, and collected. He obviously always knows when to celebrate, but I think that that cool, calm, and collected demeanor permeates to the rest of the team and allows them to look at him and say, okay, the captain isn't freaking out. We're still in this. We still have a chance to win this game. We still have a chance to come back here. We still have a chance to fight and make something happen. You look at the comeback against the Ducks. You look at the way this team rallied late against the Kings last night. You look at the way the Logan Couture is performing in shootouts this year. He had the game winner last night in addition to his goal during regulation in the first period in which the Sharks jumped up 2-0. He plays like a captain should play. And now, combined with that, you get guys who are the Sharks' best players starting to play like they are the Sharks' best players. Evander Kane is coming through with more consistent performances. It all leads you to believe that this is trending in the right direction once they get back on home ice. And it'll be very curious to see if the second period remains the same type of problem when they are on home ice. This Sharks team in the second period, I have no idea what is happening I only have the assessment that I came to earlier this year, and that is this Sharks team used to be so talented that once they were up early in a game, it seemed like it was over. It seemed like there was no comeback for the other team, and I think that a little bit of that mentality probably still exists, and I'm not saying that this is intentional. I'm just saying this is what this San Jose team was for so long that when they got up early, it was simply going to be over. And that's something they have to get out of their heads. That's something that they need to remove from their thought process and realize that they are not what they used to be. And I'm, I don't even know if it's conscious. I think that that's just maybe part of the DNA of this team right now, that they do relax a little bit too much because they were able to in the past and that free-flowing, relaxed nature allowed them to pour on and take bigger leads. And that's not what this team is right now. They are simply not good enough to relax and allow their game to open up in that fashion. They need to grind for 60 minutes, and we've seen the Sharks play 40 minutes of good hockey on several occasions. They need to play 60 minutes of good hockey. They need to play the second period with the same type of intensity that they play the first. They need to harden and play that second period like that's where the game is going to be won or lost because they are, at the very least, even when they're winning, giving up points to the opposition in a tightly contested division in which they can't afford to do that. It's great that they're always getting two points, but you do have these fears that these points they're giving up in the overtime are going to come back to haunt them when it's all said and done. And I certainly hope that's not the reality, but the Sharks need to enter games like the second period is going to be where it is won or where it is lost because it certainly seems like that is happening over the course of this season. Multiple occasions now, the Sharks have gone up 2-0 and not been able to hold on to that lead. Game one against Arizona, they go up 2-0 in the first. That one, they allow the Coyotes to come back. They win in a shootout 4-3. Game three of the year against St. Louis, they go up 2-0 in the first. And by the time the second period is over, they're behind 4-3. And then last night against the Kings, they go up 2-0, give up two goals in the second period, and find themselves trailing 3-2 with time waning in the game, only to see Evander Kane play the role of hero and give them a game-tying goal to send it in overtime. Now, I guess you love the fact that only once have the Sharks blown a 2-0 lead and it led to a loss. However, 
You don't want to see them always having to go to overtime and to a shootout, and you don't want to see there always be the need for heroics. And don't get me wrong, I love that you have guys like Brent Burns and Evander Kane showing up late in games and coming up with big-time goals, but when you're always pressed to the limit like that, when you're always redlining just, just to win games, that takes its toll. And you don't hate it if it's on the road the way it's been. It's just hard to accurately assess it because you never see 12-game road trips. You never see situations like this. This is distinctly unique to the Sharks. And I keep on coming back to that because it's the reality. It is distinctly unique. You don't see this ever. But after Thursday night, four out of their next six are at home to close out the month of February. And then five out of your first seven in the first two weeks of March are at home. So it would appear that less crazy times are on the horizon, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's see if this team can close out this road trip with a regulation win. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up on the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reaction. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. <laughs> Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Here comes Logan Couture. Sharks second shootout attempt. Moves in, score! Attaboy, Logan Couture. He gets the cheers from the guys on the bench as he moves in, stick handle, and he just fired it to the glove hand, which is to the right side. He's a right-handed catching goaltender. That was a great one. Yeah, no, no five-hole shot there. He comes in there, just rips it top shelf. So LA has to score here. This is their third attempt. Moving in, stick handling. Save Martin Jones. And the Sharks will win. He's one of those guys that, you know, I know he takes a lot of pressure on himself and, and to, to, to have this team going. And, uh, you know, he's dealt with a lot from, uh, you know, training camp and, and uh, um, being an NHL PA rep and, and being the in-between guy with that and, and, you know, with management and how it's going to look. And, and then the play, um, you know, on the ice, I think he's got a lot of responsibility. I think he's handling it unbelievably. He's a guy that just shows up to play the right way every night. He's playing against the other team's best players um, most times. So um, that's even more impressive, you know, from what he's been able to do offensively as well well as, uh, you know, he does it all, kill penalties and um, in all crucial situations, he's our best player tonight. That's head coach Bob Bugner bringing us back in, talking about the man of the night, Logan Couture. Got a goal and an assist as well as the game winner in the shootout. Here's more from Bugner about how Couture is growing into that leadership role as the captain. Absolutely. I think uh, with, you know, how, how what, he, what he does on the ice and, and, and off the ice, I've talked about that before, he's uh, a lot more vocal. Um, you know, he, uh, myself and, and, and Logan have a, a good back and forth and a real good open relationship where he can come in and, uh, um, you know, sit down and chat and we talk about the team and, and, um, you know, so it's, it's, a you know, he's, he's evolving into a great captain. I think, uh, you know, he's had some guys in front of him that he's learned from and now he's had, he has a little more confidence in that role. 
And here's Martin Jones weighing in on the growth he's seen from Logan Couture from last year to this year as the captain. Uh, he does. I mean, uh, not to say that he wasn't comfortable with it last year, but yeah, he does. He, I mean, you know, he, he's, uh, he's obviously an important part of our team and uh, in the dressing room and on the ice. So, you know, when he's playing like that, it's, it's a uh, huge for us. Now, last year for Cooch, it was a slow start. It took a while for him to find his game. Totally different this year. Here's his reaction. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot I can do better. I think uh, there's some things that I've focused on. Um, you know, the puck's fine to me right now. And when uh, when you're scoring, you know, three or four games in a row into an open net, it's uh, you'll take it. So, uh, you know, the puck's kind of finding me in good spots around the net. I think uh, defensively, our line has done a, a good job matching up most nights against the other team's top lines. So take pride in that. Um, definitely can be better, though. And you got to love the fact that as the leader, he's being deferential and downplaying his own performances. He's asked what's worked so far this year or asked that he's having a better start. And his reaction is that he needs to be better or that he can be better. And he's also talking about the puck finding him in good situations and not necessarily taking credit for some of the things that he's doing to create scoring opportunities. And that's not to say that he's being naive or overlooking the fact that he's able to make things happen in the NHL, and that's why he has the position that he does in this league and with this team. But he is kind of giving that attitude of it's not just him. And I think that when he does say that the puck is finding him, that's kind of giving some credit to his teammates of saying they're putting me in a good situation. And that's one of these examples of how we're learning about the leadership style of Logan Couture, which I think is one of the big factors why this team has been able to keep their head above water over the course of this, as it was put in the questioning, never-ending road trip. We're still we're still uh, in a good spot, but uh, it hasn't been easy. I mean, uh, it's, it's tough here in, in LA as well. You know, the, the rules are much tighter here, and uh, but with some we're going to have to get used to. I mean, we go back to San Jose, it's going to be extremely tight, and guys aren't going to see each other uh, very often, so we definitely cherish the times that we uh, we get to spend with each other at the rink. As of now, that's really the main time that uh, we get do get to see each other. It's a lot of time alone in, in your hotel room, but we're making the most of it. And I think that's something you have to pay attention to because while I have not traveled with the Sharks specifically, I have traveled with other professional teams and I have been on the road for other big-time sporting events. And when you go out, you see guys together on the road. They're at restaurants. They're hanging out with each other. They're trying to relax. Those team bonding moments, it's not like it's just a practice. It's not like it's just at team dinners where they're all you know together. It happens in groups of just a couple of guys hanging out, acting like the guys being out there and being friends. I mean, I know that sounds like it's an oversimplification, but teams don't just work because they gel together on the ice. And I know that we can name any number of teams over the course of sports where everybody hated each other. They were always fighting and they still managed to win. I prefer a more harmonious situation where guys do thrive together, where guys do like each other, where guys are friends and want to fight for each other. I think that's easier to maintain. I think that's easier for everyone. And I think quite simply that it is rather unfortunate that these guys are not able to do that. Obviously, the needs of the many and what you have to do in terms of being safe with a pandemic are much more important. But you do recognize that these guys probably are missing out on a lot of the activities that they would normally do. And maybe, maybe it's not even just going out to the restaurants or getting a beer with your buddies like you would normally do. It's just the fact that they can't go to each other's hotel room to hang out and watch a game together. This is a starkly weird reality that we are going to be talking about, hopefully, as a one-off in the history of sports. 
Speaking of a one-off in sports history, how about Patty Marlowe? The guy just keeps on going. He really looks like he's starting to find his game. I thought he had some excellent moments last night, picked up an assist, and moved into sole possession of third on the all-time list for games played in NHL history. Here's Cooch on Patty. Yeah, I thought he was uh, unreal tonight. I thought he played his best game of the year. He was uh, skating through the middle of the ice. Um, they moved him back to center, obviously, so he has a little bit more freedom up the middle, and he can still skate. I mean, it's, he can probably play at least 60 and still be able to skate in the NHL. He's just that talented of a of a skater. So proud of him. He's uh, you know he comes in and he, he plays the, the the right way. He's you know I, I hate to say he's a mentor for for a lot of our young guys because I think at heart Patty still feels like he's young, but uh, he's done a great job. Uh, everything that uh, you know myself and the other leaders and coaching staff can ask for from a guy that's a leader and he's been around and uh, proud of. You know, him passing, I think it was Yager tonight, so pretty cool. It is pretty cool that you have literal history happening every time that Patty Marlowe steps on the ice because he is one of the all-time greats. He is racking up these all-times games played. It's phenomenal, and it's really, I think, his experience, I think, is part of the reason why the Sharks are able to be so resilient, something that is becoming one of the more noticeable aspects of this team. Every team has an identity. Right now, the Sharks' identity is that they start hot, collapse in the second, but they are going to make it interesting until the end. Yeah, that's the thing I'm, I think I'm most proud of uh, so far. Um, you know, we've put ourselves in tough positions throughout, whether it's 3-1 down to the Ducks and we come back and find a way to tie that up and take the lead, or, or tonight where we give up one and, and we find a way to score score late and uh, take the two points. So definitely proud of the way that we fought until the end in most, if, if not all, of these games. And, um, you know, we'd really love to uh, to clean up our second periods. I think we would put ourselves in much a much better position going into the third so we don't have to play a little desperate there, but uh, definitely proud of the way we responded. And they should be proud of the way they've responded because I keep on coming back to the fact that a year ago, I think in a lot of these games, they would have collapsed because we saw it happen. And we're not trying to be harsh on the guys. I'm not trying to call them out for something that happened a year ago. But if I'm going to talk about the identity of the team, last year they had some games where they absolutely collapsed. You go back to that game where they gave up the two late goals to Washington. Or you go back to any number of games where they were not able to close down the stretch. I mean, that was something that we saw from the team that we're not seeing this year. And again, you look at a Logan Couture, you look at a Patty Marlowe, you look at a Timo Meyer who's starting to step up, you look at a Vander Kane who is stepping up. It makes you think that if they're capable of doing this in the midst of the adversity of constantly being on the road, that they do have better hockey in them to play when they're back on home ice at SAP Center, even if it is not in front of the raucous crowd that we are used to associating with SAP Center. There is still going to be something said for waking up in your own bed and being able to drive yourself to the arena. There is something to be said for having your normal routine, and I think that will go a long way for the Sharks in terms of being able to rack up some wins, hopefully in regulation, which they've only been able to do once this year. But however you get those two points, you'll take it, a sentiment that was echoed by Bob Bugner. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, okay, we're not going to be picky taking two points out of out of buildings. But, uh, you know, for us, it's more, you know, I'm not even concerned about the other teams getting a point. I'm concerned about us as, you know, being able to play with leads and, and uh, you know, I'm playing smart and, and, and staying out of the box and those kind of things and just being able to have a, um, you know, a full commitment on, on a 60 minute commitment. And I think, you know, there's some great things tonight. I mean, some, a lot of great things we could take out of this game, but uh, um, it's more about us and just is worrying about our own team and, and, uh, um, you know, it'd be, I tell you, as a coach, I mean, standing back there, it would be, uh, um, it would be unbelievable to have a few goal lead in the last four or five minutes of the game, but uh, we're, we're clawing, we're scraping and clawing. And, uh, and hopefully when we get home and we get some better matchups and uh, um, you know, we get some, a little bit of home cooking, I think, uh, I think that'll help our team. And when discussing the roughness of the second periods, he also took a moment to uh, have a little bit of a laugh at himself. You know, I think I'm going to stop saying what I'm saying in between periods, but I went in there after the first and said, look, our seconds haven't been great. You know, shame on us if we don't play the same way that we played in the first period. We don't need to change anything, you know, and lo and behold, we get out there. We, You know, I think we started flipping pucks and we started getting tired because we put, we killed so many penalties. And, uh, um, you know, and the penalties were, uh, it was a high stick, it was a hook, and it was too many men. They're not, they weren't even good penalties um i think that just that 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 hurts you a little bit now you're overplaying guys uh the reason we played well in the first period because we were rolling our bench we were playing fast uh everybody was getting even amount of ice time and then all of a sudden you know you're, you're relying on guys you're wearing them down on heavy penalty kill minutes minutes and it affects the rest of your game you know we, we got to stay out of the box and especially you can't take three in a row but you know again we found a way to win and and uh, i thought tonight our best players were our best players i like tommy hurdle's game tonight i like timo meyer's game tonight obviously cooch's line so uh, we got some good performance performances and uh, you know Jonesy made some big stops in, in overtime and I was joking about it to myself last night when the Sharks were taking so many penalties and why they've been so good on the PK yet again this year and I think to myself well they've certainly had a lot of opportunity to practice their PK it seems like they're constantly on it and yeah last night they stopped three out of the four opportunities they saw and when you're on the kill that often like they were in the second period it's either going to burn you out over the course of the penalty or over the course of the period. And like Boogie alluded to, they weren't good penalties. So a little bit of slop there, but it's something that can be cleaned up in my opinion, and that will hopefully lead to them having better second periods overall. But hey, anytime the Sharks beat the Kings, whether it comes in a shootout, whether they blow a first period 2-0 lead, however it happens, you feel decent waking up in the morning. Before we run out of time, I do want to mention that the Barracuda have finally started their season. They earned a point in their season opener, falling to the Roadrunners 2-1 in overtime. And then in their second game of the year, they lost to Tucson by a final of 5-3. Coming up on Friday, they'll be taking on the Texas Stars. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. Enjoy your day as you continue on waking up a winner with the Sharks. I will see you all Friday morning, hopefully talking about a two-game sweep and a true home game on the horizon. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.